Hello to everyone that has downloaded the Tahoe Tap podcast. Mike Farron and Rob Galloway here representing the Tahoe Daily Tribune and Sierra Sun. Thank you for choosing us for a nice little break from all the craziness out there, bringing you local news, international news, national news, you name it. But the biggest stuff out there, easily the world's two biggest sports stages taking place at once here uh, just soon, right around the corner. You got Superb Al. You see what I did there? I don't know if we can technically say, I don't know if we can say Super Bowl, but hell, yeah. hell I just said it again. <laughs> the big game. Uh, you just always go the big game. Or the big, uh, the super big bull game. I, I see all these, you know, uh, things getting around the licensing and the copywriting, but you got the Super Bowl in LA and then you've got the Winter Olympics 2022 coming from Be- Beijing. Two quick pro tips about viewing each before we dive in. Beijing, 16 hours ahead. So your noon slope style snowboarding, uh, event is live at 8 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. And then your actual laces to leather kickoff so you don't get fooled by all the buildup, all the commercials for the Super Bowl is at 3.32 p.m. And you know they're going to hit that one right on the mark because there's a lot of money on the line with all those ads. And NBC is crushing it with their Crazy. February ratings, airing both of those. They got Super Bowl and they got Olympics. That's nuts. That's nuts. <laughs> with that said, our second and third options of today's three course podcast meal will be hovering around just those two main topics featuring opera adventures and darren ralphs he's one of the most decorated male skiers of all time and has been to four winter olympics himself but first thank you to our sponsors lake tile ale works home of the self-serve beer wall wood-fired pizzas and good vibes only two locations one at state line tucked in between the casinos on the nevada side and then a more family-friendly option not that state line isn't but you've got a family-friendly option over at the y on the california side in south lake also adding to that the cocktail corner and the backyard barbecue and grill check them out laketilealeworks.com so Rob, I'll let you take it away with the local headlines that we've got. And you sort of got a reoccurring theme here. We, we do. But I, before I want to dive in, because um, when we had our conversation and in, in interview with Darren Robs, uh, that was a couple of weeks ago. It was not long after we had that massive December and snow was still high. And since then, it's been it's been pretty dry. But, um, you know, as far as when we recorded to when we're actually recording, we're actually recording this on Groundhog's Day. So it's February 2nd. And Mike, I want to ask you this question before we dive in. Any guess on the success rate of Puxatawney Phil predicting the start of spring over the past hundred years? <laughs> I'm going to give him a 44% uh, success rate. Well, that's close to 40%. Oh, uh, 40? 40, 40%. Okay. So it started in 1887, but you know, I think 40%, I mean, who, 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 that's not a good percentage, right? If you're trying to predict something and everybody is like leaning on you for this, I think it's time to kick good old Phil to the curb, replace him with maybe like, uh, I think a Lake Tahoe Linda, right? We bring it out West. We give equal opportunity to the female and maybe it's a bear instead of a a groundhog. I mean, let's start over because this is not working. 40% just doesn't cut it. So let's, let's formally start the petition, Mike. Are you in? I'm in, man. That's a horrible percentage. <laughs> That's horrible. Forty percent is doesn't mean. I mean, we have a day. I mean, it's a Groundhog Day. You you'd think you know at least there was some. Uh, if you go back even to when it first started, it's even less than forty percent. So <laughs> I think I think it's just this whole thing's a sham. I don't I don't like it. I don't like it. But anyways, uh, I'll get off my soapbox there. All right. So diving into local news and, and, you know, you talked about that theme and last pod, we, we talked a little bit about a new development that's going to be replacing 
the uh, the Tahoe Biltmore in Crystal Bay. This time around, though, we're going to mention the 40-unit complex that's going to be breaking ground in Incline Village in the spring of 2022. However, you know, any new construction project, Mike, you know this, uh, it doesn't come without concern from local communities. And uh, these condos are tapped to be modern luxury in a mountain town, you know, air quotes around that. Uh, they're going to range in price from two and a half million to seven million bucks. Uh, and one of the things the developer talked about was the attention to detail when it came to improving density. Uh, they also cited housing reports from Washoe, um, Tahoe local housing needs reports and the Tahoe Prosperity Center. You know, it's all fine and good, but those price tags, those are for local Tahoe workers, right? We, we all know this. Um, but they had a kicker in here as far as a, a stat came from the developer. Out of the 40, they said 24 of those had already been reserved, and the majority of those were coming already from, or from in, um, residents who were in incline. So, you know, I guess those those folks are cashing out while, while the prices are still high um, and then they can still live in incline uh, in something maybe a little more brand new than what they have. They probably don't have to shovel anything and then they can cash out again. Um, it's not a bad business deal, but I think, you know, it's just another project. And you know, while they're saying all the right things, it just doesn't address that local housing need. I mean, that's also on the heels of Edon telling folks at their annual economic update that affordable housing is the biggest challenge for Western Nevada. So. I don't know, Mike. I don't know if you have any thoughts around this, but it's uh, that's that's another... a little too pricey for my local blood. That's no doubt about that. <laughs> it's too pricey for everyone's local blood. But yeah. <laughs> um, you know, I'm gonna stick on this other. It's one brief note though, but it is construction note. Um, and we actually, you and I discussed this uh, just yesterday. Uh, and if you happen to be driving by Bally's in South Lake Tahoe, you might have noticed that those stadium seats are in the event center, and it's all starting to come together, Mike. And it gets kind of excited. Listen. Got me kind of excited to look at this, see that uh, that progress going on there. It feels real when you can actually see where the seats are going to be rather than some just steel beams going up and, you know, some construction going around. It, seeing where you could actually sit, man, that, it's getting close. And next Thursday, they've got one of, the, one of the big ceremonies. It's sort of a private event, but, uh, you know, for the main steel beam that goes up, that, that trust that goes along the way. So uh, that's going to be another um, big moment there for the Tile South Event Center. Oh yeah, absolutely. I'm gonna I'm junk back over to the to the housing dilemma because uh, Placer County, um, and those of you that need geography, um, you know that's the northwest portion of the lake. Their supervisors they're going to be capping the number of short-term rental permits at 3,900. That's going to be effective at the end of March on the 31st. It was unanimous, and um, if you have a a current short-term rental permit, you're going to get priority over others. But, you know, like other counties around the entire basin, there was strong public opinion to, to try and drop the hammer against short-term rentals. Um, it, I, you seriously need like a Venn diagram really to sort out this VHR, STR rules and regulations from around the basin. Because in the middle, right, you're going to have Tahoe, and then you have Placer County. You might as well throw Nevada County in there for Truckee. Then you got Washoe County, you got Douglas County, then the city of South Lake Tahoe, and then you probably need to include El Dorado County in there because everybody's battling a different issue in slightly different ways, some with the same, some with the different issues, but Tahoe's just its own beast. Mike, I don't know if there's any other areas in the U.S. that has one entity, uh, in this case it would be the lake, trying or just, they're all, you know, battling with their own vested interests um, and it's all centered around the lake. I, do you know of any that, that has this type of issue? I don't know of any. I do not. I mean, it's an ongoing topic whenever you bring up decision-making in Tahoe, how fragmented it is and you know, no one has a comparison out there that that solves it or yeah. that you can, you know, relate it to. It is bonkers. Uh, and my last little note here, you know, and it seemed like, you know, 
housing was on the docket because this past week, if I, you know, if I bounce down to South Lake Tahoe, the Sugar Pine Village project, that is a targeted affordable housing project. So they announced a grant in excess or grant grant in excess of 17 million bucks. I had two shots of espresso before I started this. So, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but they had a, they had a grant uh, in excess of 17 million bucks to help them with that project. Uh, and that grant's going to look to help finance and develop the 248 unit project. It's going to be aimed at families who earn between 27,200 bucks annually and then 72,500 bucks. Uh, the city kicked in almost a million dollars to help make their bid for the grant a little more enticing. Uh, so uh, it, it did go through. Um, although this project doesn't come without its set of detractors either. You know, I was going to elaborate on this, Mike, but it's just as I was typing all this stuff out, it just got me in a negative mood. Um, and it was when I was doing it, it was way too early in the morning for that to happen. So I'll, I'll just throw it over to you. <laughs> All right. We'll, we'll get into the national stuff. See, you can bring up those great and very valid points at a party or your Super Bowl party, but they might not be as wide eyed and well received as no, no, no. some of these fun national topics. No, no, no offense, Rob. But uh, we talked about Super Bowl. The tickets this year are the most expensive ever. Obviously, inflation around the nation rampant, but they are up 20% from last year to an average price of 10 grand. The cheapest ticket. In the nosebleeds, $7,000, folks. It's the first time in 30 years that the entertainment capital of the world has hosted the big game. Go ahead and add to that that they have their home team Rams playing, and you've got the perfect storm So for some huge ticket prices. I don't know if you've seen the nosebleeds at SoFi Stadium, but you are literally above the, the jumbotron. So you're just going to be watching the screen for seven grand with only one view, right? I mean, you get the replays and everything, but man, yeah. and plus, don't, in addition to that, ticket prices are only going to go up with scalping, with more demand and less supply. So yeah. that's hey, pretty wild. Mike, it's like it, the Super Bowl tickets are like the Tahoe housing crisis. You know, the normal <laughs> fans get boxed out of the experience while the folks who are in the big bucks, they buy up all the inventory. I just got to know who that person is that buys the $7,000 ticket. I don't I know. Because they're obviously pretty wealthy, but, <laughs> you know, not like, you know, got they got their head in the clouds to where they can't, you know, they're too good to go sit in the nosebleeds. My, my, wife, asked, my wife asked me um, uh, when we saw the, the initial – price point of the uh, of the Super Bowl tickets and you know you and I are both Niners fans and, and it was a heartbreaking loss but she's like and, and at that time I think it was like six grand that I saw him and she's like would you spend that I mean even if the Niners made it would you would you spend that you could drive down it's like hell no 12 grand I can watch it in my house on my tv I don't have to drive anywhere I don't have to get crammed in I would not spend 12 grand for that yeah that's an easy answer <laughs> all right changing pages uh, last week China launched a wallet app to expand use of its state-run digital currency also known as Digiwan ahead of its national rollout WeChat owner uh, Tennis, Tencent uh, which has about a billion users said it's joining the e-com giant so check it out more info at JD com and supporting that currency china's positioning this pretty well the digiwan for you know international use right ahead of the olympics of course so well played china is pressuring companies like mcdonald's visa to accept it as u.s and chinese financial markets continue decoupling digiwan could threaten the global dominance of the u.s dollar while the U.S. it's still trying to get that digital dollar all figured out, they have, I mean, I've heard 
a slew of different solutions for the digital dollar, but nothing that's sticking to the wall for the U.S. specifically. But DigiWand could be that main um, example, I guess you could say, for a, a massive country rolling that out. So it all confuses me. The digital. It, it sure does, and we'll see how the Olympics play out and what what the the you know the feedback is from everybody there. And then Tom Cruise, uh, he is filming a space film but not like you've seen it before right not, not a whole bunch of cgi and all of that they the company co-producing uh tom cruise's film has unveiled pan, plans for actually filming the production and a also building a sports arena in zero gravity space in Entertainment Enterprise has said their planned completion date is December 2024 for this module named SEE-1, which will dock on Axiom Station, the commercial wing, the International Space Station. Yes, they are going to film a movie in space. The site will also host television, music, and sport events. This is pretty crazy. So although on-site, it says, although on-site capacity is yet to be determined. It's like, come on, who's, who's going to be your, your crowd? Bezos, uh, you know, Richard. You those Super Bowl tickets were high, right? <laughs> yeah. So uh, we'll see how that rolls out. But broadcast and live streams from 250 miles above Earth. Seems pretty cool, actually. <laughs> and then my last one here, speaking of cool, Mark Cuban's cost plus recently launched and aimed to make prescription drugs more affordable and transparent. From Shark Tank to the Aspirin Isle, the celeb investor moved quick on this, uh, on this online pharmacy designed to lower prices of 100 generic uh, drugs. From idea to you know, the, the whole generation of the concept of fully launched business, of this scale took only three years. I mean, that sounds like a, a while, right? But this is no, this is no, you know, something to, uh, you know, brush aside. This is a huge company making waves in the pharmaceutical industry. The cost plus drug motto is to simplify healthcare, uh, healthcare's complex business model by cutting out the middleman and selling drugs for wholesale prices plus a 15% markup, of course, because <laughs> why would you do it? But still, <laughs> I mean, these are extremely cheap drugs. It, you can go check it out online. It is live right now, and you can get all these generic drugs at a fraction of the price. So Cuban, Cuban isn't in it for, uh, you know, for the generosity. Right. <laughs> so those are your news and notes from around the globe to out your back door. We'll take a quick break, and we'll talk about your adventure and entertainment all with the opera theme. Stick with us here on the Tahoe Tap. And we're back, ladies and gents. This one all about opera. Rob Galloway, Mike Perrin here. And, you know, Rob, we didn't even talk about this before we set it up. We said, let's just keep opera on the mind with how people can enjoy themselves wherever it may be before during, you know after skiing and riding out on the mountain and you went with sort of a buddy's family and a bougie theme and i went yep. with more of a timeline 1 p.m 4 p.m 7 p.m you know because opera can start at different times it can involve different people and you know this it, it's sort of a perfect combo of what we set up here so i'll let you kick it off we're giving the uh, listeners you know just options that's that's what we're here to go. do right all right. Hit me with your three categories. Well, I thought I thought before we dive into that, you know, maybe some things that just, you know, what are, you know, when you talk about opera, what are the requirements or staples for for good 
operate? Like, what are you looking for in, you know, that experience, you know, when you're off the mountain or, or on the mountain to a degree? Well, yeah, I mean, it is such a broad term, right? So I guess you, you got to have either food or drink, right? So we'll keep it broad that way. Cause it, you know, for the non-drinkers, it could just be a mocktail. It could be whatever, maybe a nice little watering hole, uh, maybe some views, got to have like some sort of views, whether it's TVs or nature views. Is a fire pit a requirement? Oh, yeah. I mean, a, good, I mean, a good location. Has, I mean, not all of them, but I mean, some of the best, you know, there's, there's fire pit present, you know? I like that. Yeah, that's, that's je- definitely weighs heavy on the scale of, of points. And I, and I think, you know, the other thing that I was thinking of too, is just, just atmosphere, right? I mean, that's, that's yeah. a big part of it. I mean, you, you can go to this place and, you know, TVs, a fire pit, whatever. And if the atmosphere sucks, then that's not fun. <laughs> no, definitely not. That's not going to be on our list, folks. No, no, no. All right. So <laughs> let me dive into mine. So I'm gonna start with buddies, right? Uh, this is, this is you and your friends. Um, you know, you're not, you don't have any kids, whatever you're hanging out. You just hit the slopes. Uh, and my first one here that I'm going to mention uh, is Le Chamois or the Chamois, as uh, most people will refer to it, because you can't really mention this place or at least mention Opera and not mention this place. Right. I mean, great memorabilia. You typically have lots and lots of people. You got shot skis, you got hot toddies, you got the whole works in here. And one of the things that I think is pretty cool is they got this thing called the Buddy Pass, um, which is basically it's 20 pints of Budweiser. For 80 bucks, they they have a if you if Budweiser isn't your your bag, they got a premium pint pass, which is 20 pints, uh, a premium beer. Um, but I, th- I think the one thing and I broke this down to you, they have what they call the Bud Pitcher Pass. This is 10 pitchers, not pints, pitchers of Bud for 120 bucks. Uh, I figure if you get four beers, sometimes you get a little bit more out of there. Uh, roughly breaks down to about three bucks a pint. Uh, so with that, I mean, three bucks a pint for a beer in Tahoe. I don't know if it gets any better than that as far as pricing goes, but you can probably imagine with three bucks a pint, things are going to get a little rowdy, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, in a village setting, uh, you yeah. know, this is that Palisades that squall, right? Yep. Right in the village. So I had not heard of this deal. I don't ski there enough to take advantage of it, but how do you not? Yeah, this is, uh, it's also a popular place, uh, you know, if you look into the spring, winter wondergrass, uh, when when it comes along, and, and by the way, they are back this year uh, after a two-year hiatus, so that's great to hear. Uh, I'm really glad for that, but I, I have a little another option um, to uh, Himmel House. Uh, that's probably a little more near and dear to your heart. Uh, it's near Cow Lodge at Heavenly in South Lake. Amazing beer selection, and you can't go there without ordering the pretzel, right, Mike? No, absolutely not. And, you know, you gotta, you gotta search this one out a little bit. They don't do much advertising. They, they stay off the radar. There's huge snow berms where you can't even see them. And they're just one click away from the heavenly cow lodge, but a, a great option. And a great beer selection too. Great beer yeah. selection. Uh, and kicking into to the family gear here, uh, I have Rubicon Pizza. They are at North Star. Um, and if you've read any of my columns or you hear me talk about pizza, it is my favorite food group. And what kid doesn't like pizza? Um, and for the parents, you know, if you're in the mood for either it's a cocktail or it's a beer or a toddy, they're going to have you covered with all of those options. Uh, so that's great. You know, if you you've had a little a little too much or helping the kids out and they're just, uh, you know, beating you down, uh, you got something to relax you, um, whatever your taste buds are on the pizza front for the adults. Take a crack at the uh, the Thai chicken curry pizza or the Blanco, which is basically garlic sauce, chicken breast, red onions, bacon, and a four cheese blend. Uh, it, both of those are, are solid. Um, if your kid is an alien and doesn't like pizza, though, they do have a complete kids menu as well that uh, that doesn't include pizza. Um, 
And then my, my other option for, for the family side of things, uh, this is a shameless plug for, for our sponsor, Lake Tahoe Airworks, uh, more of the Y location. Um, like you mentioned, the one in, in state line, um, good for, good for family. You can take them there too, but this place, I mean, you got multiple fire pits outside. Uh, you talked about the cocktail corner being there, uh, you know, we don't have to talk too much about them because, uh, we already do, uh, um, quite a bit, but, uh, but they're a great, great spot, uh, on the bougie side, I, <laughs> it's not a this one isn't a secret necessarily lone eagle grill in incline village so straight off of diamond peak and straight into your heart this place is uh if you walk in you got the ginormous picture picture window uh right overlooking the lake there stunning views they have a huge fire pit sitting right off of the beach if you walk outside uh if you're really into those good cocktails they are a must um uh, for you to try there. They got, uh, you know, some of the best on the lake there, food options, their, their menus seasonal. So you might not necessarily find everything, um, you know, all the time. If you go in there, you find something in the winter, you might not find it in the summertime. But one of the things um, that is always there is the ahe poke. That's fantastic. And I'm just going to say, if they have the elk on the menu, just order it. Don't ask questions. You're welcome. Mm, all right. Good. Wait, I got, but I got one more thing. Okay. Yep. Um, my other option, uh, or um, just um, also at North Star Petra, um, they're more of a wine bar, but uh, if wine's your thing there, um, you can hit them up on the bougie side of things. They do have food as well, but uh, but if you're looking more on the wine side of things, Petra's a pretty nice uh, option there at North Star. Okay, great options in terms of food and beverage for Opre. And, you know, with Opre, it basically, it can start anytime after noon, right? I mean, <laughs> anything before noon is just called, you know, day drinking or, or you know, something a little too early, whatever that term Hangover is. Hangover drinking. Yeah, yeah, hair of the dog, I guess you yeah. call it before noon. <laughs> but I'm going with your 1, 1 p.m., your 4 p.m., and your 7 p.m. options, starting first with 1 p.m., the ice bar on the backside of Alpine Meadows or Palisades Tahoe. So you said squall over at the chamois, and I'm saying the backside Sherwood lift. This, you know, on the website, it'll, it'll tell you it's a no-frills pit stop. But this is a great spot to grab a drink and take in the sun. It's on the south-facing side of the resort. Um, you know, a lot of people don't know this is down there. It's very similar to... Kirkwood's backside bar at the base of chair four. Uh, the vibe here is all about just staring up at the mountains and watching riders shred the mountain and then sort of picking out your next line too, because there's no way of getting out of there unless you take the lift back up. So it's one of those sort of mid mountain bars um, and you got to get the lift out. It's weekends only, but this is really just your, you got your cans of beer, you got your pre-made uh, cocktails kind of thing. It's your down and dirty option for midday drinks to, to catch a little buzz, have a little libations and, and keep the skiing going without skipping a beat in terms of going into the lodge, you know, unbuckling the boots. I mean, you could literally ski up to this place grab a drink and then ski down to the lift nice. uh, if you wanted to. So that's your option. The ice bar Great backside option. of uh, Alpine Meadows. Then we move on down. Once the lift stops spinning at 4 PM, I'm taking you over to incline village. You've got inclined burgers or Tease rotisserie. This is, yeah, okay. this is a great little spot. Uh, one of the hottest quarters corners tucked behind the 7-Eleven in the heart of Incline. Perfect if your crew can't decide on one spot to go throughout the day. So they've got this shared outdoor patio space. So you can order from either spot. You guys can meet up and neither will disappoint. Tease is your rotisserie chicken, rotisserie tri-tip, and pork Mexican staples. 
And I've over the past year, I've taken three friends that, that had never even heard about it or knew about it. I was just dumbfounded. Yeah, like, <laughs> I felt like Jesus, like showing them the way. I was like, here you go. <laughs> this will change your life. So that's teas. And literally next door is Inclined Burgers. They have a three onion burger specialty, which is also very close to In-N-Out. I'm not a big onion fan. But here's what they do and in sneaking in three options or three different onions. So they put it in the actual ground beef when they're patting it. Then they got some sauteed onions that they throw on top. And then they got your raw onions. So you can get rid of the raw onions or the sauteed, but just go with it. I promise. I'm not an onion fan, like I said, but uh, I, I'll take this one down all day. Super fluffy <laughs> buns and, and very traditional, not a whole ton of menu options. They keep it straightforward for you, but uh, that's inclined burgers. And this is going to lay a nice solid base for the liquids that you, well, that you throw on top of afterwards. And, um, and you know, a side note too, for, for inclined, they do have a secret menu. Uh, and they, they typically will ask you, like, have you been here before? Um, and if you say yes or, you know, a couple of times, they might they might throw out a couple of options from their from their secret menu as well. OK, good to know. I, I, I guess I haven't been there enough. They don't recognize me. <laughs> and, well and on, at Tease, I believe they I mean, every time I've been in there, it's been a while since I've been in Tease, actually. Uh, but every time I've been there, it's cash only. So I just making that uh, making that note. I yeah, don't know they, you... they did pick up an ATM fine. Oh, did they? Nice. <laughs> yeah, they got they got that option for you. They probably own it. Uh, so they're, <laughs> they're getting you on the uh, the fee. But hey, uh, at least they have that option. And then uh, moving down to 7 p.m. and down to South Lake Tahoe. Joe's Sports Bar inside of Harvey's Casino. A lot of locals don't know about this place, but it is regarded by many that do know about it as the best true sports bar around the basin. Not to mention, if you're feeling lucky, the sports book is just a few hundred feet away to throw down some bets. Uh, They've got 30 massive TVs covering every inch of the wall that doesn't already have authentic signed memorabilia on it it's locally owned and this guy is a true sports enthusiast they've got the rock and sound turned up for all the noteworthy matchups if there's a big game on they're going to turn that sound up so you can hear the the pads thumping you can hear the engines roaring and you know the reason i personally picked this is the pizza reminds me so, so close of the best pizza from back home. It's this place called Me and Ads. It's this flaky, uh, crispy crust. And then they've got the salad bar to help you maybe feel a little bit healthier after you down some pizza or before. And and, uh, not to mention cheap drinks. They've got that shot and beer special that a lot of bars went away with, uh, you know, pandemic after everything went up. So they've got the beer and shot special for seven bucks among a ton of other cheap drinks and, and a lot of taps on there. But um, then, yeah. yeah, I mean, we went also, there last time we went there, Rob, right? Yeah. Because, I mean, if you, if you hit on that sports book, right. You can, um, you can indulge in the, uh, the high roller package. You can get uh, <laughs> it's a burger or a pizza um, with uh, actual gold flakes. Uh, they, they keep those gold flakes back in the, uh, in the safe in the back. They bring them out, they put them on your pizza, on your, on your burger. Um, and then it comes with a, uh, a bottle of crystal and like um i can't remember the the type of crystal that the glasses they serve them in but uh 
but that one's not cheap. <laughs> no, you had a high roller pizza, 500 bucks. And you saw all the employees came out to even take photos of it. And I felt like a high roller when we were eating that. Oh, thing. Yeah, it was awesome, man. People <laughs> want to take, take a picture with your pizza. It's crazy. <laughs> That's what I've got for the Opre options. Throwing out a little teaser. We'll talk about it more in the next episode. Sort of our own uh, festivities and Olympics. It's just after the Olympics wrap up. It's North Lake Tahoe snow fest, all kinds of things to talk about on that one. That's February 20th. 25th through March 6th. So uh, we're going to take a quick break. We'll queue up Darren Rouse here in just a moment. Stay tuned. Welcome back, everyone, to the Tahoe Tap podcast. It is our pleasure, as we've teased you for the entire show so far, to introduce Darren Rouse. This man has probably the most accolades that we've had here on the podcast. I think maybe the only person that has more than you would be Mark Twain. Uh, <laughs> we, had, we had McAvoy Lane on the show uh, last year, so he, he might have you beat out just a little bit. Too. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> so just to give people Thanks, a little uh, insight, former American World Cup Alpine ski racer, freestyle skier and Red Bull athlete extraordinaire, born in Walnut Creek and currently residing in Truckee, California. He is one of the most celebrated skiers in history. He's a three-time Olympian, 98-02-06, world champion Super G, got that gold in 2001, and winner of 28 World Cup podiums overall. Yes. Most importantly... He's a proud father of twins and a loving husband of Michelle Ralves from the Bar Effect over in Truckee. Did I get it all in there? I mean, uh, <laughs> I think I missed an Olympics, right? As I was doing more research this morning. Yeah, no, I have a fourth Olympics. And when you, when you say freestyle, it kind of makes me laugh because ski cross, after my ski racing career, I went to ski cross to like compete in the X Games and all that, which I ended up winning a, a gold there, which is really I mean, one of the you know big highlights as well of my, my career but the, the ski cross is under the umbrella of the freestyle uh discipline with the u.s ski and snowboard and and uh which it should have been a race but like that's all the freestyle in me that i got like there's nothing <laughs> much freestyle about me it's more you know just going for it down the hill downhill style well but, you, um, you got plenty of style no doubt about that but you're not pulling the triple core no. no, no, no. I mean, style for sure. There's like good style. I was like the in downhill training runs. Sometimes I like pull a little safety grab or a little Japan grab, you know, and screw around on some of those like big jumps. But when it came down to racing, it was, you know, just everything was about trying to go fast. But, um, I love it. Yep. No doubt. And we'll it, talk about going fast downhill in just a little bit with Rob. I mean, we got Olympic ceremonies kicking off tomorrow on friday so you've got some olympic themed questions take it away sir yeah i mean you know with the with the olympics right on the horizon i mean i i would love to know you know you personally what do you look forward to most when it comes to the winter olympics and like mike said so it's kind of a two-parter i guess you know i got to imagine the olympics they they got all the special gear out there so and, and you, I, I have to imagine you know how fast you've been clocked going downhill so you know one just what do you look forward to most when it comes to the winter olympics and then what's the fastest you've been clocked going downhill yeah rob uh well first the olympics is uh it's the biggest competition on the map for sports and um you know i think 
what I loved is showcasing my sport to the world. And second was obviously representing the United States and, and uh, being a, you know, an American trying to battle with the powerhouses and ski racing and from Austria, Switzerland, Norway, those are the big countries, France, our, our sport is really small in the scheme of things here in the U S but you go to Europe and it's, it's big time. And uh, I was racing against all the same guys in the world cup or world championships that I race at the Olympics. So it wasn't a different, you know, uh, group of guys I was competing against, but it was just, it was a huge honor and um, it's a big deal. And I think it, just making the U S Olympic team is, is a massive accomplishment, but yeah. I got to the point where it wasn't just, I just want to be on the team. Um, I wanted to, you know, come out and win. And uh, unfortunately I had a rep go at the Olympics and I just, I didn't tap into kind of what I was um, able to do. I think uh, my last Olympics in 2006 in, in downhill was I won the world cup competition there two years prior. I had the most world cup downhill wins going in the Olympics. I was the fastest you know, guy in training. And I had this crazy swap out in the start under a minute to go with skis and it completely hosed my, my chance, you know, to, um, to be fast as I, as I could that day. And that was, that was a pretty crushing moment. Sure. I would imagine. I mean, speaking of, you know, being fast, I mean, do you know off the top of your head, what's the, what's the fastest that, uh, that you've been clocked at? Yeah, well, Vengen, uh, Switzerland, the Lauberhorn, it's the longest running downhill on the circuit. And uh, 93 miles an hour is the fastest I've ever gone there. And that was you know, in a race, clocked. Um, a couple of years after I retired, though, a French guy eclipsed the 100-mile-an-hour mark. It was 100.6 miles an hour in a downhill ski race, which is awesome you know, to see that. But typically in downhill races, you're going to be – topping out in the mid to high eighties in the fastest sections. Man. Wow. That, that <laughs> That's crazy. <is> <laughs> yeah. You know, just oh, think about it. Like the way I put it in perspective is like, even just driving on the road, if you end up, you know, jumping on interstate 80 and it's 80 miles an hour speed limit, maybe you take it a little higher than that, put your arm out the window and, and feel oh, yeah. that drag. <laughs> it's crazy. We spent a lot of time in the wind tunnel perfecting our aerodynamic position, working on suits, you know, whatever we could to try and like gain those extra hundreds of a second. But, um, you know, I use a lot of just driving time, putting the arm out the window and just trying to figure out how my arm was like being affected by drag. And it's pretty crazy how much pull there is. You don't quite feel it when you're ski racing. Mm -hmm. going down the mountain because there's so much else going on but when you're in a controlled environment like in a car and putting your arm out the window you can really feel that that drag and then think about your chest and everything else of your body that's exposed to that that wind so that was a big indicator for me to really you know just uh be focused on aerodynamics as a, as a major part of uh going fast and, and downhill ski racing sure Keeping with the Olympic theme and outside of the, the competition, is there a certain experience, whether it was a dinner night out or, or the opening ceremonies that you just locked into that, that sticks with you, that you feel when you're watching, say, each ceremony 
afterwards or you're sitting down to watch the games with the kids? Is there something that jumps out at you that makes you that you always return to? Yeah, I think, well, I, I did walk into the opening ceremonies only once in Salt Lake in 02. But I think the biggest defining moment was my first Olympics in, in Nagano, Japan in 98. And I went to closing ceremonies and uh, it, it was unbelievable to be in the stadium and just being around all the other um, international competitors. Meet a lot of like at that time too. Pressure was off. You're done. So we, we really had a good time hanging out together with other Americans in different sports and then the international athletes. But the next host committee, which was Salt Lake for O2, they have a quick presentation in the ceremony and uh, they shot these like big, you know, fireworks off and it started snowing. It looked like and and all these like little small papers were coming down the stadium and it was like I grabbed one and it just said Salt Lake 2002 on it and uh you know I grabbed that and put it in my wallet and had it in there for those four years leading up to that and it was just kind of like a reminder you know almost daily kind of what you know I was looking forward to but that was uh really something special and uh the other times though it's just I was never around um the opening ceremonies because the downhill venues, downhill races pretty much the day after opening ceremonies that we were like two plus hours away from say like the host city. And so it just with traffic and just like all that and like that time away, you know, just, it was just too much of a, a drain on trying to get ready for the competition next day. So kind of end up sitting there watching opening ceremonies on TV, like everybody else. <laughs> right right all right uh switching now to some local q a um recently uh, just this season right you switched over to the palisades tahoe team what was involved in that decision i mean obviously we know the scope of the mountain hosting the olympics here in lake tahoe but you know what what made you make make the jump well you know i have been at sugar bowl for two decades it was a great partnership where I, uh, there was a ski academy up there where I went back east to the ski academy for high school, just searching for something like that. Um, I wanted to help have be an influencer there with that program. And when you're on the World Cup, you're around so many people. It's, there's good energy, but I wanted to be able to get away when I came home. And, and um, Sugar Bowl provided that, that feel. Um, and then, you know, I did a lot of great things there with kids growing up, events, um, starting the bonsai tour there. But it just got to the point where, you know, my kids were kind of outgrowing the program and they wanted to go over to, to uh, Alpine Squaw or now Palisades Tahoe. Um, and there's just a lot of intensity. There's good energy. All of my long-term friends are over there my wife as well, Michelle, like all of her buddies are there and it's just, we feel good being over at Palisades and, and, um, they put a lot of effort into their, their teams, their race freestyle and big mountain teams, which I like to share as much knowledge as I can these days with the, these up and coming athletes. And, and, uh, they were just really interested in, in um, uh, just you know, like welcoming with open arms, like, Hey, we'd love to have you. And, and, uh, it was a conversation that kind of 
just grew over, you know, the summer last year and, and I found a good place. I love it. Um, yeah, I'm having a incredible time over there skiing and, uh, my kids are really loving it. So it's just, um, we just got to get up a little earlier and, and get out of the house and beat the traffic. But once you're there, yeah, it's, it's incredible, you know, and there, there's a lot of people that show up there and that's kind of, there's a reason why, I mean, yeah. And then yet another example, the train's incredible, your kids, uh, sort of denoting which, where are you going in life? I, I recently had a, a baby girl for our first child. Yep. So I'm learning those ropes <laughs> about right. how, yep. how they make the decisions for you. <laughs> so I, that well, you know, they kept, they kept asking over the last two years, actually, all their buddies were over there. They're in Truckee high. They want to be with most of their friends. And, and, um, the, the, we go over there and ski at ski races and, and just off days that we'd have sometimes. And, and the uh, kids were like, wow, this place is amazing. I'm like, yeah, it is. And, and uh, I didn't want to push them to be a place where they didn't want to be. And so it's like a pretty natural fit, no doubt. Yeah. But I'm really excited because there's all kinds of stuff going on over Palisades and, you know, uh, Red Bull being a big sponsor of mine, the biggest event in Tahoe for winter is rebel raid and that's hosted at palisades and there's just a lot happening and, and um you know on the business side but plus kind of like just the fun you know friend family side as well well that's the perfect segue to my next uh, question here you because you mentioned the bonsai tour you mentioned red bull that was by far the the best my 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 favorite event winter event and I would go out, see you at Kirkwood, see you at Sugar Bowl. Is there any chance of a resurrection of something like the Bonsai Tour? Or you, do you have anything in the works with Red Bull uh, aside from the, the raid? Well, Mike, first of all, it puts a big smile on my face. I really appreciate that. Like I hear Bonsai come up almost on a daily <laughs> up here in Tahoe. And I was in Aspen, Colorado. There's some of the competitors. Uh, I saw two of the guys that competed in the Bonsai Tour out there at Aspen. They're asking about it. Like it's just crazy. Like it definitely has made a huge impact on a lot of people. It's and to me, I wanted to make one of the coolest events on the athletic side happen. But also, it was more like a you know bringing the snowboard and ski community together, men and women. There's not too many uh, events like that, you know, um, where you have you encompass like both both sides and, and both genders, really. So. You know, it's it's always a possibility. Um, there's just so much going on putting this this partnership together between me and Palisade, Palisades this year. I didn't want to, you know, just throw this on the plate for this season, but I'm definitely going to bring it up. We're going to talk about some stuff. Like, I want to – what they're biting on right now is, is something to be easy to put together, be a bank slalom um, in the springtime in April, which I think would be super fun, like a snowboard day and a ski day, a bank slalom. Um, we got that Red Bull raid happening in March. I think the uh, it's like March seventh um, to thirteenth. We have a full week window to have like the best conditions available for that event. But I'm definitely gonna try and maybe go for like a one off. And um, you know, there's so much happening at, at uh, the Olympic Valley side at Alpine Meadows. That probably be the, my main focus to try and bring the bonsai back there, which I love that track and. It has like pretty much every element, you know, for a fun, like top to bottom, you know, four at a time, all out race. So 
I'll be trying. I'll be trying all to pull right. off. That gives me hope. That's all I needed. <laughs> I need yeah. that and, and you know, it was so cool having you there and, and hopefully like, uh, hopefully you could, you know, see it again and maybe, you know, you want to line up. Hey, Would you line up? Like I'll go, I'll go elbow to elbow. <laughs> How about you and Rob, you and Rob in the gate together. Oh, you yeah, right. you'd have a, you definitely need a media, <laughs> a media um, you know, section to go yeah. down for us a little bit. And I had a, that's a good idea because I had Brian Hickey from KCRA. Oh, Three. yeah, I'll take him on. Yeah. Hickey, Hickey's done it. He actually did it. So nice. he did qualifying. So I just go out of the gate and like qualifying day. So I try to, you know, make it so it was, it was definitely intimidating when you looked at something like that and you're thinking, I'm going to try and haul down the mountain through this course with three others. And uh, that's kind of where it gets a little crazy. But the first day was, you know, you inspect the course, you get a practice run, then you get a uh, qualified timed run by yourself. So there isn't like that extra pressure with someone next to you. Then it all ramps up and, and steps mm -hmm. up on day two where it was head to head comp. But um, I just figured a, a link for Red Bull raid in March. Uh, as well here to the podcast. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And support that. And that's like one of my brainchilds as well with, with Red Bull, um, kind of putting that whole thing together a few years ago. And, and I competed in the first one, which is cool. And then I missed last year. Uh, it was off due to COVID and then it came back last year, but I had a, a heli trip already lined up and I missed it by a day. So I was pretty bummed, but I'm, I'm going to be competing in it this year. Nice. Darren, you talked about your kids a little bit, but you've also been, you know, really good about giving back uh, things like the, the Governor's Council on Fitness and Sports and the level playing field, which, uh, which encourages underprivileged athletes. I would, you know, I would love to know what, what maybe that best piece of advice is that you can give to younger athletes. Yeah, Rob, thanks for bringing that up. I mean, that's, I, I was tied with those, those organizations and, and kind of just not really very active now with them, but in a lot of other ways, I'm doing other stuff. Um, but you know what, as a young kid with a dream and, and trying to work hard and, and just see how far I could take myself, um, I learned, you know, a lot of what it, you know, all those little things of what it takes and surround yourself around good people and having the support. And there's a lot out there that have these dreams, but like one, I mean, financially it's tough. And so trying to raise money with, you know, in certain foundations to provide that. Um, just to provide the mentorship, um, the belief, confidence. I mean, sport is great, but it's the overall uh, factor in life to be just ha live a good life and be confident in yourself, have high esteem and, and be successful is to have confidence and believe in what you do and work hard for, for it. I mean, talent only takes you so far. That'll get you to a place that's like right in there with a lot, but whoever like works harder has a better program plan. It's amazing. It's like, even I was learning so much through about throughout my whole career. And as a ski racer, you're pretty, pretty selfish because it's, it's all you, right. It's an individual sport. And yes, you have coaches, you have people setting everything up for you on the administration side. You have a ski tech, a boot tech, um, we had a sports psychologist and <clears throat> there's a huge team and plus family and friends were, were big for me for sure. Mm -hmm. But you have a huge circle of support that's going to help you help you get there. But it comes down to just believe in your program and go out there and make it happen. And, and I think the, the power of the mind is so important. And 
I love seeing the, these, you know, any youth that are, have passion and work hard, um, you know, just trying to get the most out of it. I want to help as much as I can. So that's great. Yeah. I'm just, uh, available like locally trying to do things with local organizations, ski teams. That's where Palisades Tahoe, I'm really engaged in, in their, um, race program. I do not want to try and like trickle over in the free ride side with the big mountain, but, um, you know, it's, it feels good when you can pass something on and you see these kids light up and, and, um, and, and progress. Absolutely. You know, one, one of the things, and, you know, obviously when we get, you know, snow dumps, like we just saw in December, you know, you have skiers, snowboarders, they're licking their chops when they see that much snow. I'm curious to know when we get, you know, big snow dumps like that, what's that first thing that pops into your head? I mean, is there, is there a place that you're thinking like, I got to go here first? Is it like backcountry? I'm, you know, just curious to know when, when we get that much snow, is there something that you're like really looking forward to? Oh yeah. Like uh, busting the shovel out. (laughs) (laughs) It was insane, huh? That much snow. Uh, I remember two days getting shut down here and it's almost like interlodge in a way, like stuck at home. And it's kind of fun. Like I'm out in the uh, Eastern part of Truckee and, and uh, we have a little land and could go out and like rip the snowmobile around the backyard, go cross country skiing with the dog and the kids. And you're just kind of like stuck at home um, and then just trying to survive, right. Dig out. Um, but you know, for skiing wise, like it, it's first, like I look at the resorts is the first place to go because there's going to be the most control um, safety control done. So like after a big storm, you know, I'm kind of like waiting to, to go to the ski resort and then let the backcountry heal up a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, we had a ton of snow, a lot of wind. So there was like high Abbey danger. And that's just something that you want to try and avoid. You can go out in certain places. And, um, and there's a big thing too. Like I just, you know, trying to pass on just like snow safety, uh, avalanche awareness, you know, to people to try and like, get the education and be smart out there. But, um, you know, it's, there's a few spots that I have, like, well, I'll go ski tour as well that are really low, um, consequences during like high Abbey, Abbey danger. And it's all depending on, on like terrain aspect and you gotta be smart out there. And then like, once it kind of heals up a little more, I know there's a lot of people that are pretty gung ho and go for it right off the bat, but I like to try and just, give it, you know, a few days to settle and get some good reports and just, you know, there's plenty of places to go. We're not going to lose out. I mean, there is a powder panic you know, between <laughs> uh, all of us up here, uh, skiers and, um, you know, it's just, but it's snow is always going to keep showing up and, and, um, yeah, it's just, I, I could have a blast out in the back country just as much as I can at, uh, at the resorts. It's it's funny in my backyard, I guess. Yeah, no. Uh, it's funny how we root for so much snow, right? The, you know, going through September, October, November, and then it comes, and people are bitching and complaining about shoveling and moving all the snow. <laughs> well, I, I I just look at it. It's like, okay, whatever you got to do it, but this is gonna get me in shape. I'm gonna be strong. I'm gonna get some. Yeah. Use your legs, your back, your arms, and I mean, you get worn down. It's tough, you know. And mm-hmm. I like my kids jumping in the mix and. And, uh, you know, they're 14 and so they're, they could put some time in shovel right. help out yeah. the family a little bit, but, <laughs> there you go. but it's like, I mean, I still love it. And, um, it's, uh, yeah, I mean, I'd rather, 
I don't mind shoveling because I know the skiing is going to be really good. And one thing right now, like, I mean, we are so set with the base. It is like, it is so good up there right now at the resort. That's like, uh, I just want like little eight to 10 inch refreshes right now. Like we don't need much more. Like just the train that we have in play is so good. If we just have like little constant, um, smaller storms, you know, for powder days, it's just going to be, you know, we're set up right now for the season. So it's going to be really fun to have those like little mini storms come in and, and, uh, hit us up. Yeah. Just to just keep us average from here. And now with this good base, I love it. Uh, last question. You is sort of a two-part question. Cause you alluded to where you go with your kids, you know, at Palisades Tahoe, they basically said, Hey, this is where we want to be. This is where the movers and shakers are at. But when you get into the back country, after you move all the snow at the house and you get out of lockdown, um, where do you go? And don't, you don't have to give away your, your absolute stashes, but, um, where do you go with your kids and then where do you go with your buddies where you want to get after it? Yeah. Um, like I'd say a Donner summit, I know it really well up there and there's some like easy, like good tours with some like pretty sweet skiing, um, for the kids. And so, plus you have like, I mean, there's hardly anybody up there, beautiful views. You're looking over, over Donner, which is incredible. And um, then there's like some other stuff that I'll definitely get into in, in that Donner summit area um, with my buddies. And then, you know, it's just taking it up a notch. I mean, there's just so many options, but, you know, West shore is, is incredible. And um, that's kind of like a place that, you know, is pretty much the, you know, one of the ultimate spots for sure. But um, yeah, it's just, uh, there's endless options and I, I like uh, it. Places to go. I like how you're biting your tongue a little bit. So your buddies aren't <laughs> mad at you. You're like West shore and Donner <laughs> summit. I, I like it. You gotta, you gotta just get out there and find it. Right. With yeah. Your, well, I, and I'd say like, I, it's, I, it's been a long time since I've been back there, but uh, Carson pass on the way to Kirkwood, you know, out there in that zone is insane. Um, so there's like, I want to get back there this year. I say it every year and just like, it's, it's just, it's a drive, well, you drive past a lot of prime real estate yeah, for backcountry to get to Carson pass from where you're at. So I, I don't blame you one bit. Yeah, for sure. But it's just, it's one of those things. Like, I mean, I think the best thing about skiing is variety. And um, I mean, if I did the same exact run over and over, I get, you know, probably bored of it. It feel, it would feel good, but I want to be mentally challenged. I still look at um, terrain where I want to try and like, just be creative with it and flow down the mountain. And, and when you have, you're constantly challenged with different lines and different areas, it's just, it's exciting. You get more excited to go and do something like, that's why I couldn't be a swimmer, like, you know, doing laps in the pool and in the lane. Like that's just, to me, it's, it's impressive. They're incredible athletes, you know, going fast to the water, but I, I need like um, variety. I mean, it's the same thing like mountain biking or moto. I do a lot of that, you know, summertime and fall and what you get to see the adventure you get to go on, what you get to ride is just incredible on a, on a dirt bike. You could be in a desert out there in Nevada, um, in the, you know, some crazy Rocky, you know, technical trails in Downeyville or up here outside of Truckee. And like, to me, it's just like, those are my two like biggest loves. I'd, I'd say skiing and, and moto. 
and then and plus sprinkle if a little you were in there. Just swimming, and you went to the Olympics, and you'd have to shave your whole body rather than just <laughs> throw on a throw on a suit, you know, for that aerodynamics you talked about earlier. Well, so. we weren't too far off as ski racers. We, we were skin tight suits too. Yeah, <laughs> a little less uh, maintenance though on, on the on the hair. So. Well, we appreciate the time, Darren, very much. Uh, I know you probably get the chills every time watching those opening ceremonies with the kids, having great conversations about it. So enjoy it. And um, yeah, again, we appreciate the time here on the Tile Tap podcast. Absolutely. Mike and Rob. Thanks, guys. Uh, Yeah. And hopefully uh, we'll see you up at Palisades and and, uh, yeah, let's get some turns in this winter. Sounds good. See you, Tex. Thank you. Have a great day. Thanks, Darren. See you guys.